thing again? I think that was very nice. The X Y U Z Y team. It's U X X Y. Hey y'all, welcome back to Ghost Talk. Today we got a special goat. I I understood. Mind you, yo, we just had to redo this entire podcast. We had technical difficulties. She did give us an actual explanation of what Mariam does, which was U X U I. Please and 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 a number of other things. Um, so yeah, we'll start ahead. with the UX first. Yeah, the X UX XY. How you say? <laughs> UX, UX UI. Back to UX UI. <laughs> yes, UX UI. Um, so what I was saying before is that UX UI um, is kind of two sides of the same coin. So it's hard to do one without the other. Um, so if you're, let's say, designing an app, designing a website, or designing like, a product. There's a, s- a specific design process that you go through to, you know, get the end product. And, of course, you know, you have to worry about keeping the user experience all overall in mind. So um, UX stands for user experience. Um, and that's more, you know, scientific. It's a little bit more um, strategic and a little bit more psychological. So that's where you do the bulk of your research when it comes to, you know, your the app itself. When it comes to the users, you really deep dive into the um, into the research. And then once you have a solid foundation of the research and you understand who your users are, then you can move on to the UI. And UI stands for user interface. So that's you know what the user ends up seeing, whether that be like an app or website or like I said, like a physical product. Um, and that's where you know color, um, color theory, typography, visual, like all that stuff. Well, that's where it comes in. So they work hand in hand. What's color theory? So color theory, it's very interesting actually. It's like terracotta basically. <laughs> 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 Terracotta is your favorite color. Yeah, like, okay, before we start every single podcast, we ask people what their favorite color is. Most people's favorite color is either red, blue, white. You know, it's a regular human being color. This person looked at me in the eye and said, Terra some shit. And I'm like, Terracotta. Terracotta. (laughs) Why why don't you just say orange, bro? Why? Yeah, he does the same thing many, to me. Listen, so like, you know what's your favorite color? Look, it's the same thing every time I say, I don't have a favorite color. My <laughs> and favorite <then> color <laughs> is whatever color the sunset is. And then he goes, bro, that's so weird. Just pick a like, blue pick and shit. Just pick a goddamn See, color, bro. Niggas just want to be special snowflakes. Everybody wants to be a special snowflake what's, nowadays. Watch this. What's your favorite color? Red. Boo. <sighs> nah, it's purple. Regular. Purple. Just simple. Purple? Yeah. I went to Southwest. That doesn't explain anything. Southwest is... Our school colors were purple, and he's from Minnesota, so the Vikings wow. were purple. There's a lot of that's tragic. Purple rain. So then, color theory. Does no, it does it connect to that about. though? I, what I th- what I thought color theory was was like, like looking at what colors make people like feel emotions. And that's stuff. yep. That's exactly what it is. So oh, color okay. theory is basically color psychology. You know, so if you think of like you know mental health apps and services, yeah, a lot of them they use blues and greens. Blue is a very calming color when it comes to you know psych- when it comes to psychology. That's why they use that. Fast food places they use bright colors to kind of catch your attention. Reds and yellows and oranges and all that. Um, so it's understanding how that psychology of that works and then applying it to whatever app or website that you're making. Mm-hmm. So you have to understand the psychology behind it as well. So. So if you were making like an app or a website for like Somali Somali nationalism, would you use? Is it that simple with where you would just use like baby blue and white? As the colors for I that? mean, something like that. If you're, if you're, you know, tapping into the nationalism of it, you have to obviously use, you know, yeah. the flag. Otherwise, I think people will take offense to that. Um, but yeah, it really depends on on what you're when, what you're working on. Awesome. We gotta introduce you though, because mm-hmm. you got so many titles. And also, you were the one who you started. You started this as well. 
Mm-hmm. You're the one who shot the first ever Ghost Talk podcast, which was do a demo. <laughs> Big shout out. Shout out to you. So if you can just live list all of the things you do. And also miss one so I can like add it. So like Dude. I did research or some I got shit. you, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so firstly, I'm a UX UI designer. Um, I just graduated in January from a boot camp. So I got my certification um, and I was doing that for about a year. Um, in the meantime, mm. I do digital branding as well as just freelance. Um, so I work with you know business people or people who have like entrepreneurial dreams um, that have businesses that they want to you know launch that need like a brand identity or brand personality. So that's where like I would come in. Um, so I design logos, print materials, like whatever they need, and help them throughout that process of building up their brand. Um, and then I also do wedding photography and videography as well. And I've been doing that for I think three years now. Oh, is it my fr- oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> there you, go. you missed something. <laughs> here's your cue. Your blog. Yeah. <laughs> I also have a blog. <laughs> what made you start a blog, though? I've honestly, well, I, if there's anything in my life that I've constantly enjoyed, it's writing from from the get go. I used to go through like journals when I was younger. Wow, mashallah. You know, so it's carried on obviously throughout my adulthood. But my blog, I, I don't take it seriously. It's kind of just my internal monologue. I just write whatever comes to my mind. Um, but yeah, it's kind of it's an outlet just for your thoughts. Come on, man. Gosh. We're getting, we're getting in our feelings. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. <coughs> it's disrespectful, man. We're trying to, try to do the, the professional thing here, and your phone is ringing. <laughs> so I was reading one of your articles. Which one? It was the um, Not Feeling Yourself Lately article. Mm. And so I'm not going to lie to you. I feel like attention getters are definitely a thing. But... Your article started off with a line. It wasn't even like it was like the first paragraph, and then it caught my eye, and I'm like, "Oh wow, I gotta finish this because this is totally me." Where it's like, "Yo, you're you're feeling some type of way. You're probably just gonna try to ignore it as if it's mm-hmm. normal. How far has that gotten you?" And I'm like, "I always when I when I feel anxious, mm-hmm. sad, or whatever, I always just been mm, it's gonna go away." Yeah, you brush it off. What made you, like, be vulnerable on the blog? Honestly, I don't I don't think I've ever considered it as being vulnerable. Um, at, least, at least that's a good way to look at it. I feel like you bring that up sheds, like, a different light to it. But, well, I, like I said before, a lot of my blogs or what I write about are things that just either, you know, I went through just not feeling yourself or not being motivated or just having, you know, the stress of, like, postgraduate, you know, anxiety and all that. So I really just write from the heart and whatever comes to mind. And I feel like because of that, it relates to a lot of people or a lot of people can relate back to it because we all go through the same things in different ways. What are like ways y'all, you guys like get through anxiety? Because I went on the first, my first walk in a while and I realized I'm getting fat. Cause I got tired so fast. Well, I, it was a beautiful outside. What do yeah. you do? I go to therapy. <laughs> Mashallah. Oh yeah, you do go That's to therapy. That's a wonderful answer. Yeah. I do. Huh? That's a wonderful answer. I th- I heard, I'm not going to lie to you, that's a white people answer. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, it damn, is, you feel so tired. Yeah, <laughs> it it, it kind of is a white but people. But how, how, like, honest to God, though, like, what made you, what made you. What's your experience yeah, been like? like? Why did you get into the therapy? Like, what made you go your first time? Um, the, My first time, I didn't want to go. So was it through, like, court? Like no, <laughs> officer was like, "Yo, you got amen." They the said the judge court mandated like you, you have therapy on <laughs> your no, 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 no. Um, it was just like through school and like um, like teachers and stuff, whatever. So I, but I was a kid. I was like a little kid. So I was like, I don't want to do this. Just fucking therapy shit. How like, old were you? 
I think I was like sixth grade, seventh grade, middle school. I don't, I don't really remember. But um, yeah, so I, I didn't like it at all. I hated it. And then like I didn't go to therapy. I didn't go back after I was done with that mm-hmm. for a very long time. Like throughout high school, like beginning of college, I was like, nah, I ain't with that therapy shit. Um, and then probably like beginning of my sophomore year of college my mental health started to get really bad um and i i went to like a bunch of different therapists but like i just i did not like them at all Mm. um i it was not a very enjoyable experience so i was like yeah i'm fuck this i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do this i knew i was like i knew it i knew it was a terrible thing to do (laughs) and then um i went back yeah i like my therapist what cool, made you go cool back? Like, what what was the reason? Oh, cause my mental health was shit. That was the reason. Like, how did you like? Was this was it like more so you realized that it was your mental health, or was not even like, like me? How did you even figure that out? Not even me realizing. Just like medically, it was not in good shape. But also the people around me, um, would like, like family, friends. They noticed. Yeah, would notice yeah. as well. Um, so yeah, for a while I was on medication for it. I'm not on medication for my anxiety anymore. Alhamdulillah. Um, but now, nah, yeah, I just, I just go to therapy, but like, I would have like panic attacks, stuff like that. So like, it was like, you know, like some, for some people, like you have anxiety and you have depression, but it's mm-hmm. not like to the point or to the extent just yeah. yet where like it affects you physically. Mm-hmm. They're it's, high functioning. Yeah. It, it affects you physically, but like, you're not just like immobile because of it. But like once you're, cause like until I started having panic attacks, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't even think of, I wouldn't say I had anxiety. Like. In my mind, I didn't think I had anxiety. I was like, oh, I'm straight. I just like overthink stuff or or I'm just stressed out or I'm this or that. Or even like when doctors, because I would go to the doctors for check-in and I'll do like the little paper and I'd be like zero, zero, zero. <laughs> and she'd be like, oh, you probably should like get this. I'm like, Naktan, she's crazy, bro. I'm fine. I'm chilling. With me. But when it started phys- physically affecting me, then I was like, yo, we got a problem. So then mm-hmm. I did what I had to do. I got the help I had to get. And I'm, I'm doing better now, alhamdulillah, but... Yeah, definitely get, go to therapy if you need to go to therapy. <laughs> would you would you ever be an advocate for it in a sense of just like speaking out loud? Because I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, before I'm that article, I don't think even in our community, I'm be honest with you, like I never heard of the idea of unless uh, we talked about therapy once. But it was yeah. like no one ever talks about mental health. Yeah, like, I feel like they talk about it and there's awareness to it. You know, especially there's so many mental health organizations right now, which yeah. is a great thing. But the action is, I feel like, what's where, you know, where we're lacking. And I think we're lacking in the action of it because no, like no two brains are the same. My mm. brain, your yeah. brain, her brain. Exactly. None of our brains will react to anxiety or anything in the same way. And nobody, no two people's life experiences or how they deal with stuff is the same. So I think we're lacking in the action aspect of it because people are making this cookie cutter one size fit all everything. one size fit yeah. all solution to anxiety and depression and bipolar and all these different like mental health issues um uh, that people have they'll give you like a cookie cutter answer go to therapy get medication if you need it mm-hmm. like that's the solution to everybody's problems or that's the direct path to everybody's problems mm. uh to everybody's um the, every, to get to everybody's solutions but i feel like the advice that i would give is acknowledge it um, first of all, don't self-diagnose. That's the first thing I would say because I feel like a lot of people in our community self-diagnose. Yeah. They'll say, "Yeah, I'm depressed. I have depression, or I have anxiety." Um, like, there's people that like get degrees, have g- 
have professions that it's their job to like learn about and diagnose these mm-hmm. things look at it as an actual like sickness like a cough or or like if you got I was gonna say diarrhea but I don't think that's fitting <laughs> what if you got diarrhea or something like that um, look at honestly like that go to the doctor get a checkup they'll do an analysis they'll tell you okay this is what we think you have mm-hmm. then proceed from there um, don't neglect the deen aspect of it if you're Muslim because I feel like that is a huge part and then like lastly um, like big shout out to Chowder he talks about this a lot but it's not like one or the other you know people make it seem like oh it's one or the other either you fix it through deen or you fix it through like medicine mm-hmm. you know but in reality it's a beautiful mesh of the both especially if you're lucky enough to have the, the faith of Islam and you're Muslim and you have you know all these resources you know faith and 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 medicine i think is the perfect kind of mix for it but yeah i would i would definitely recommend it if if, if you if you want to do it how do you how do you cope how do you deal with it um i i feel like i do a lot of different things uh, one way is is definitely writing um not necessarily like writing about my feelings or you know unleashing that but just going into a safe space or just a space where I'm by myself um, and then just writing about anything that comes to my mind you know and the thing with writing is you get so lost in it and you kind of forget about where you are or or any of the problems that you have and you end up just writing from your heart and that's actually like how a lot of my blog posts came to came about I just started writing because I was just going through or life was just you know Mm -hmm. kicking my ass or whatever Um, and then I just wrote a piece and I'm like okay this is nice I'm gonna do it again and then (laughs) that's that's basically how I started writing um and other ways i do it which is probably like not the healthiest is i tend to like throw myself into work so i'll just like you know either take a lot of bookings or whatever and i'll just throw myself into work but then that just stresses you out even more so i don't recommend that um but <laughs> find <laughs> find a good outlet for yourself um something that you're going to enjoy something that isn't going to be you know a distraction for you so find a nice balance but also something that is going to bring you some solitude for sure that's what that's what i would recommend you were, you shot the demo podcast. You were there during that conversation. Well, both conversations because we had to redo it. How, like, when we asked you to get on the show and help us out, the first, did you expect the podcast to go that way? Like, just the podcast in general? And second, did you expect the demo podcast to go the way it went? Honestly, I didn't have any expectations because I'm not going to lie. The only way I knew demo was through all the videos I saw of him. <laughs> that were circulating and it was always some something crazy going on so i was i didn't really know what to expect but once he came and he was start started talking and i'm like this guy is actually pretty calm <laughs> until the very end yeah. then <laughs> then i changed my mind <laughs> but, but um i don't know I'm, I'm very like a behind the scenes person so obviously i'm like worrying about oh my god this light is gonna turn off and it's gonna be embarrassing or this camera is gonna stop recording because it's happened to me before so i'm th- worrying about that but you know i'm all about support honestly so i'm glad I was, you know, I was able to be there. Yeah. <laughs> That's dope. Yeah. <laughs> we're glad. Putting we're a glad positive to, light on it. We're glad to. I feel like we're all just for a second just reminiscing. That's what <laughs> it Well, was. I'm not going to. I was we're, live yeah, replaying we're, we're every single like moment. Half a second just had like a. It feels longer than it actually was because yeah. we were in front of cameras, but we're all like, ah, good old days. I remember It wasn't that long ago, though. When the whole room was purple. Remember that? Yeah, it was <laughs> different, there was different <laughs> colors. That was a Bible life. Yeah, it was. It yeah. was a great... Now it's very bright in here. Very bright, but... No, I had, like... The idea of, like... That's a one project that you picked up, right? Mm-hmm. And you do, you do videography and photography as well. 
the idea of freelancing always was interesting to me because it's just like picking up gigs yeah so what's the most interesting gig you've ever picked up where you're just like oh this is a thing and two what was like the most stressful situation you've been in and how did you deal with it i'm not gonna lie everything that i pick up is is interesting (laughs) (laughs) not 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 to say that what's something that stood out (laughs) but um I would say any anything wedding related has been the most interesting thing because obviously you work with Somalis. It's very chaotic environment. You yeah. see a lot of things, you know. Um, but that's honestly what makes it fun, and that's I think that's why I keep going back. I like the chaotic environment hmm. or the chaos of it in general. Um, but come on, tell us a story. The <laughs> tell the audience a story of just one time where it's just shit. Shit hit the fan. He was just like, damn. Oh my gosh! I mean, I've seen like real life fights. Huh? Like I have footage of. Did like you cut him on? You caught him on camera. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was going to ask. Bro. <laughs> she got footage. TMZ, I uh, TMZ. Yeah, I could sell it and just live off that while I. But um, no, I've seen some you know crazy things, which is why I said like I don't want to have a wedding um, earlier. But wait, why don't you want to have a wedding? That's crazy to me. I don't want to have a wedding either. By the way, honestly, a, but I don't think I have it. So I don't think it's my choice. Yeah, you don't As have like a choice. The, the I guy. need. I need something yeah, to dress up too. Yeah, I have no choice. I'm just uh, my job is to just show up. Yep. <laughs> Your look, job, your job is easy enough. Yeah, yeah, just show up and look decent. But if it yeah. was my choice, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have a wedding. Not a yeah. big wedding, at least. But why? Why don't you? Why don't you want to have a wedding? I mean, before I like you know came into the wedding industry, especially the Somali wedding industry, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna have a big wedding. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. But then you see the realities of it. You know, you see behind the scenes of what people actually go through. Um, and you know. I mean, I've come across, you know, other photographers who are just, you know, the best people to work with. But there's other vendors in the industry who are just not the nicest people or they're very disrespectful or, you know, they do wrong by their clients. Just horrible track records in general. And then that just makes the whole experience, the whole wedding experience, just not great. Is that a Somali thing where it's just like, I feel like sometimes when we deal with just, like you said, vendors and stuff, Mm -hmm. I feel like we always get treated like second class citizens, especially like when it comes to stuff like that, too. Yeah. It's just like, well, like, for example, if I go into a store right now, I'll speak the Mall of America has a place. If I walk in, I'm automatically profiled. Is that, is that something that you've seen or no? Oh, yeah. 100%. All the time. Or like, I feel like they don't respect our money, which is crazy. Yeah, that happens all the time. Like the director of um, Black Panther, when he walked into, did you see, did you guys see that? Oh, yeah, that was wild. Mm-hmm. He walked into a bank and then he gave them a note. Like a, cl- like... He was taking all you had to do was read the note, <laughs> read the fucking note, right? She didn't read it. She, I, I, I mean, if she it. did, she would understand. So on the note, it said, like, I don't, I don't want like anybody to rob me or to make a scene or whatever. So I want to cash out twelve thousand dollars, which is a lot of money. Like in cash, twelve thousand dollars is a lot of money. I want to cash out twelve thousand dollars. Like here's a note, so I don't say that shit out loud. And like somebody follows me to my car yeah. and robs me or whatever. So could you just like put it somewhere for me and like give it to me like maybe over there in the corner shorty like saw the note saw a black guy with a mask press the police button you know what's crazy she was black too no way yeah she was black see that's that's what makes it even worse but no i was talking about like in a sense of like customer to client right Mm -hmm. so like let's say we go to somali restaurant Mm. and we sit down it's like i'm gonna be honest with you it takes a while or you have to yeah. grab the person's attention right but if an adam person walks in mm-hmm. right they whip out the menu the they menu that nobody ever sees 
Because when you Somali, you walk in, like, there ain't no menu. Other Mahais, I know you have a pasta, fish, steak. And then you order something, can I get half rice? You could eat it. But when the, well, yeah, you're right. When the white guy walks in, they whip out the two menus. The voice become high pitched. I feel like it's the same thing with vendors. Like, if somebody goes in, it's just like like a wedding hall or something. It's a Somali wedding hall. The way they're treated. Versus like an Adam person coming in saying we're going to rent out this space is completely different. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just feel like when it's just Somali on Somali interactions are very interesting to me. Yeah. Because mm. it's the moment. It'd be your I, own people, honestly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Until like Qabiyara is in play, then it's all love. Oh, wallah, kamarkas. Yeah. But if they don't know or if like, yeah, I'm, I mean, I don't know. But we also get the luxury of having... It's like a win-loss because, mm-hmm. like, you get treated like shit, but you have the luxury of, like, renting from or dealing with somebody who's, like, that kage, you know Basically, what I mean? Basically, yeah. So, like, even you can low-key be an asshole to them, like, it's, it could just go both ways. It's not, right. like, if I, if you're an asshole to, like, a Adan vendor, they're just going to tell you, like, fuck off, like, yep. go somewhere else. But then Somali guy, he's going to be like, Somali lewai. So I feel like we just, is we do it to it ourselves it in a way. It matches you know? a little bit. Yeah, we, 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 like, we act a certain way to each other, so everybody just expects, yeah, like it's whatever. It's not. But that it goes to that same thing of just expecting a discount too, though. Yeah. Like that's if the other like thing. We'll go like like for oh, yeah. friends yeah. and, and family discount, but I like I'm just like you're not gonna go haggle the white man. You know yeah. what I mean? Like why are you doing like that to your you own people? If you had a gig, like if you were talking yeah. to f- people that are getting married and they're like, yo, this is ha- this is how much I charge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do they do they usually push back on how much you ask? Yes. If you, if you were Adan, do you think it would have been like, yo? No, and that's why the Adans charge the way they charge. Yeah. Because I feel like us as Somalis, we undersell ourselves a ton. Like, way too much. Say that a little bit louder. We undersell ourselves. I feel like we minimize our own potential just because that's the standard and that's what everybody's doing. But, ad- like, non-Muslim or not Somali, non-Somali wedding vendors, they make a lot of money because they stick to their prices. And they up their prices every year as well. You know, us Somalis, we don't do that. We stick to the same price every year. You know, and then also on top of that, you're getting haggled, discount this, discount that. Like, you're not going to go anywhere. I feel like that's extremely true in tech as well. Like, like mm-hmm. if you, like, had the f- someone goes up to, like, a f- mom and pop shop that's Somali run, and it's like, yo, I'll build you a, a website. Like, let's just keep it simple, like a website, right? Yeah. And it's just, like, a Somali person coming up to them and shaking their hand. It's like, are they, hey, um, this is the price that we're willing to pay. You're like, yo, like, you're not even going to hear my price. Like, yo, like, I'm the one that's <laughs> offering the service. Yep. And it's like, and then when you give them, like, a realistic amount, it's like, well, why don't I show? Compared to, like, if an that's Adan so person comes or they, they look for Adan service, the Adan yeah. service is on their website. It's like, yo, I'm charging two $3,000 for this website. Yep. It's no questions asked. And for some reason, I'm, I don't know if it's just a yacht, if it's just a me thing. I honestly feel like, like, some people in our community feel like so my people's quality is less oh compared yeah. to like that a down person doing which it. is not true it's yo there's some talented people in our community very, very talented who should be also i feel like we do it to ourselves though in a way back to mm-hmm. what she yeah, said yeah we do it to ourselves because like, like it, now that i think about it and they're like yeah you know seven thousand dollars whatever they're gonna go back and then they'll be like, Ha, Ninki Adan go right to the Wokun Bear. Can I like the Kofki or the Wokun? Yeah, they're gonna start figure making out how to shake. get the money. No, are you to the last Bishop? Are you to the Bishop? That's what's gonna happen, something like that, you know? But if like some white guy comes and then they start bargaining, what a Russian, what a Wokin Laya, Russian, so call him Yalu. 
<laughs> pay the money or like you know what I'm saying. So I feel like we gotta put our foot down too, though, in a way. Like yeah. the next generation, we can't fold for that. Yeah, don't fold. We gotta put our foot down and be like, yo, asking price is five racks. Mm-hmm. But as a community of photographers as well, like y'all gotta like show love to each other enough where like if if like Thunder is like, yo, five racks, right? He can't, he can't, it can't be normal for him to go to somebody else, another photo- so my photographer, mm-hmm. and then bargain him down to four racks. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What do you mean? So like if he leaves Thunder and he goes to Mariam, for example, and then uh, he talks to Mariam, like Thunder's like five racks. Yeah. Right? And then he comes to Mariam, ah, okay, 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 three racks. And then he goes and he goes to Hanad, and then it's like, yeah, oh, three racks, uh, maybe I'll do two and a half. Then, mm-hmm. then it's okay culturally, like mentally, it's okay for them to leave, be when Thunder says no for them to be like, I right, fuck off, then I'm gonna go to somebody else. But I'm not you gonna lie, but I feel like that's where Thunder's value comes though, because if Thunder is cold enough to charge five thousand, right, mm-hmm. and they have to go to someone else, and that person is willing to do it less, right, yeah, and Thunder's quality is better than theirs, right, yeah, there, that's that's what. But he's not gonna get work. But it's not that about him getting work though. He's if not gonna get w- so much work. Like yeah, but it's more about him just sticking to because his eventually, own look, look. Do you think they eventually he'll just lower his price? I feel like that's a lot of that's I love how we're talking about do. Thunder like he's not here <laughs> <laughs> Hi Thunder <laughs> <laughs> But do you guys think he'll want that person just eventually just lower I feel like price? maybe that's what people like eventually that's what they do I feel like you it's know? the market rate well, I, Yeah yeah exactly If someone is cold as hell right and they stand firm on their price if they're not getting work they're in the market where clearly they're saying a lot more than they're really worth right It goes back to what are you really worth right Yeah. Compared to yo I'm worth 7,000 I have clients locked, like lined up for me right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna go down. Forget you. Go to yeah. somebody else who's willing Facts. to do you three thousand. But you might have to go. The market being our community, right? Being Somalian, you might have to go to another market, being Adan or somewhere else that's yeah. willing to pay you that seven seven thousand. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, yo, I have two three clients next week that are giving me seven thousand. Why the hell would I do four thousand for you? You know, it's another thing I've been thinking about. How do we break the bubble of like? Because I feel like. A lot of artists, photographers, videographers, m- even musicians, whatever it may be, we're in like a, especially Minneapolis, like mm-hmm. a bubble where all we do is work with and collaborate with and like work for Somali clients. Like how, how can we break that bubble so like it's not just, oh, the Somali, you're, you're popping in the Somali community, but like you're, you're good everywhere, especially like in mm-hmm. Minnesota. You know well, what I mean? I feel like yeah. the first thing might be fear. That's yes. the thing. Yeah. That's, that's what's stopping me. I'm j- I'm just scared. Well, I I don't know. I feel like it's different. I'm so comfortable with working, you know, with Somalis because I know exactly what to expect. Yeah. You know, but if I go to like a non-Muslim wedding, I don't know what to expect. I don't know how they structure their weddings. I'm just in a very uncomfortable environment. But well, I had that. Then again, like that's kind of how you grow. So learning, you know it's like mean? a learning curve. It's a learning curve, exactly. But I'm, I'm just you, you making. I'm making my queen like, somewhere I'm else. Here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna take a pay cut to feel uncomfortable. And if you're comfortable and you're good, like where you are, that's yeah. fine. But I, I was thinking of like more just broader, just like as an entire. I mean, I'm going to speak for tech, yeah. right? I'm be honest with you. This, this is speaking for like someone like, again, I'll go back to the wedding, uh, the website example, right? Like, so, so my client asks you for a website, right? Just the way the interaction goes is like, I'll build it for you in a month. Mm-hmm. The month ends, right? Let's say you're not done. We as Somai are more comfortable talking to another Somai person saying, yo, other, it's taking a little bit longer. That's how it is, right? Compared to, like, if you go and do it for an Adam person, there's this level of, like, like you said, fear of, like, damn, if I mess this up, what's going to happen? And I'm be honest with you, I don't think anything's going to happen. Can you get sued now that I think about it? Yeah, you can get sued. 
For real? 100% you can get So, like, if you promise a client something mm-hmm. and it's not done by that time, it's not they're going to ask for the money back. I mean, back, it's not worst necessarily that. I feel like timelines can be kind of, like, more flexible. But if you have a contract with somebody and you say, hey, like, I'm going to deliver X, Y, and Z to you and you deliver either you don't deliver that or you deliver very low quality work and they ask for their money back and you refuse to give it to them 100 percent they can sue you wait what if you give their money back though what happens hmm? oh then you're good then you're, then good? you're good yeah then i bro i'm gonna be honest with you i feel like we gotta burst out the bubble if that's the worst thing that happened to give the money back <laughs> yeah. hey yo y'all gotta go y'all gotta go get y'all money from the other no. markets yeah 100%. but you gotta do you gotta do right by your clients but also yeah. i don't even think it's that it won't be that bad bro Bro, well, I've I, I done people's like standards are. It's not that high where it's really I've not. That's the crazy. Like, trash I done people's. I that's true, but also I feel like where we're kind of messing it up is we think their standards is higher than our quality mm. of work that not. we can put out. It's, it's not, not even close, bro. The stuff that I'm seeing like from my peers in mm-hmm. their work, it's it's incredible. It's amazing. It's great work, and like for small businesses or for I'm not talking about like I'm not when I say like I'm not, I'm not saying like. And again, like we don't need, I don't mean like the validation. We don't need yeah. that. We don't we need it for need the credit. Coins. We definitely don't need it for the money. Not really. Like we, there's people that are making. We got money. Yeah, there's people. <laughs> so people got money. There's yeah. people that are making a shit ton of money just only working with Somali people, mm-hmm. right? But just like, as as an understanding, just as a question, as like a theory of like my, I've always thought about that. Like, why don't we go out and work with these people or outside of our community? Mm-hmm. That would be that would be easy to do, bro. Well, I don't like an artist, like an artist saying, "Yo, I'm gonna start doing, I'm gonna start trying to perform on First Ave." Okay, that's doable. That's so doable. But bro, like, just go to First Ave on every. But it's not niggas. It's not like Drake is there. Bro. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's bro. And then the f- on top of that, the fact that okay, you got mediocre guys performing there every and Friday. And on top too. of that, you got extremely talented Somali artists that aren't performing there. I'm trying to figure out where's the gap. Why is that that happening? Yeah, where's that disconnect? Because it's not talent. It's definitely not talent. And it's definitely not. I feel like it's one, is that one thing of that learning curve, right? Mm -hmm. Of with us, so my people, when we make something right away, there's already this validation of like, yo, you're doing so well. Like, there's people that are going to buy from you, right? So you already have this standard, like videography. She's doing well. She's doing, she's making her money, right? Compared now, if she has to like go to that, another person right she's basically starting from ground zero where she's not making as much money right the validation ain't there because they don't know anyone so they Mm -hmm. literally have to rebuild so it's that fear of like damn i'm comfortable with where i'm at like i'm releasing a sound on soundcloud all these my people around the world are listening to it Mm -hmm. my shit's a little jumping Mm -hmm. i'm making a little bit of money cool but if i go to first ave and i'm on a stage and ain't nobody singing my song and i'm paying to get on stage it's an avenue of like, damn, like it's a little bit. You gotta humble yourself. And I'm telling you, that's yeah. a lot harder than it than than it seems. Well, yeah. I feel like the two sides of the coin is, if you are where you are and you're comfortable, and you're content with that, I don't appreciate people that try to force people that are in that kind of place into yeah. somewhere else. I feel there's a ceiling Fine. for that though. Yeah, that's good. If you're good where you are and like you aren't complaining and you love it and you're having a great time, then stay have there. Have a good time. But if it. for the folks that aren't content with where they are you have to be uncomfortable and you have to face the fear like say that a little bit louder is on the other side of fear everything powerful is on the other side of fear so like you gotta have to like see it head on and if you're uncomfortable that means you're growing that's a good thing that's a positive mm-hmm. thing it means that 
again i mean like when i say uncomfortable i don't mean like you're unsafe or yeah. <laughs> or like you know what i mean but uncomfortable i mean like uh, in an environment that you just yeah you're, you're new to, to. Yeah. you're not used mm-hmm. to yeah whatever but like if you feel unsafe don't do it that's <laughs> not what i mean okay don't say Mohammed told me to do it <laughs> don't lie but i feel like yeah that's important bro for but i feel like that. that fear of rejection mm-hmm. after you cross over Cause I'm not gonna lie, there's a lot of people who did try to do the crossover thing. When they try to come back, it wasn't so sweet for them. Mm-hmm. K9, for example. True. True. Facts. So like, how? That's another question of being like, yo, how can you cross over and also maintain your roots, right? And just not, cause sometimes when you cross over, they expect you to do stuff that we as a community don't accept, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? So how can someone keep their roots, who they are, and also grow? Stay true to. You it. really gotta understand yourself. And your own values and be very solid on that before you go and move on to something else mm-hmm. you know because i feel like people they might see like a little bit more money a little bit more whatever and then like what is dan they just forget about themselves you know so you gotta really stick to your values because especially in you know the wedding industry and all that like it's very easy to get caught up like you know carried away with everything that's going on so you have to really s- be solid on yourself you know and I think that goes for like any field, honestly. Not even just speaking of growth. What made you get into UX and UI, and how did you get into it? Um, I was introduced to UX um, like late, very late college. So, I when I was my first major actually in college was computer forensics. I want <laughs> I wanted to be analyst, like yeah. I wanted to. Be, if you guys know um, Penelope from, from Criminal Minds, Minds yeah. that's what I wanted to be. <laughs> and then I went abroad and did an internship. And I hated it so much. Like, it was the worst internship in the world. Wait, I hated what were it. things you had to do, though? I didn't understand it. I was in Spain, and I didn't understand the language, Ooh, first of all. Where in Spain? In Madrid. D- wait, so the experience was amazing. So, wait, you had an internship. Yeah. That was not only, he- not it was, like, abroad. Mm-hmm. It was also, like, regarding your actual career path. Yeah. How, how, how did that happen? Let me just so start from the beginning, voila. In order to graduate, I had to do an internship. And then this this abroad thing just fell into my lap. And I was like, you know what? Why don't I just kill two birds with with like one stone and go abroad, do my internship, have fun, and then come back. And I could just finish up the rest of my program. The experience itself was amazing. Like, I love Madrid, you know? But the internship was just a bust. I hated it. I was like, if this is what I have to do after I graduate, you can count me out. And Mm. I came back home, I changed my major. What was things you had to do, though? Like, what did you hate? I didn't understand any of it. That's the thing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> said, I didn't I know didn't, what was going on. I literally didn't know what was going so on. So there was a language barrier and there was, there was also the... There was a language barrier. The did you pick up any Spanish? Barely. I could order tacos. Uh, that was what it, it, the they tacos, have tacos fire in there? Madrid? Oh, they have the best tacos. <sighs> Come on. We went Human to... Spain. Me and Thunder went to southern Spain. We went to like Malaga and oh, Seville. Okay, so okay. they didn't have any of that. I th- aren't those like the more historical cities? Yeah. They don't have like the modern... Or maybe I'm Madrid is more modern. Barcelona Madrid is more very, modern. It's very westernized. Yeah. It's very touristy. Southern Spain, like, live, we had no clue what these people ate. <laughs> we just had, like, chicken shawarmas for, like, the entire time we were there. Because there's a lot of Moroccans was there. So when you said tacos, huh? The, the best chicken shawarma I ever had in my life. You said that like it was mediocre. They were busting no <laughs> They were amazing. <laughs> the best. 10 out of 10. That's what matters. Twice, Twice a, a day. day. Well, like, we was <laughs> me and Thunder, we posted there. We were like, another one, chicken shawarma. <laughs> We'd come back like, oh, American brothers, how you doing? <laughs> Welcome back, <laughs> chicken shawarma. Um, but yeah, that's why I asked because they didn't have tacos there. So we were no, like. Madrid is, is it's very touristy. So sometimes you feel like you're in the States. 
which is mm. kind of ghetto but that's how like they that's they they built ghetto. it now yeah but like what was it uh, what was the day in the life as a forensic science major in madrid like how like you woke up what what time was it like a regular eight to five it was a regular eight to five and the thing is even if i didn't show up they wouldn't notice i wasn't there so I could like skip a day, you know. It was just there was no structure to this internship whatsoever. <laughs> like, I don't like what kind of things did you do? I'm, well, I'm so curious at this point. <laughs> did you did you practice? Uh, did did they do siesta there? Siesta, like where they take a nap. Where they take a nap? Yeah, they do do that. Yeah. Wait, they so actually did that? Yeah, they do do that. Every day? No. Like was it? I I forget how it worked, but I remember they they said they mentioned that quite a bit. So like see, like when we were in Southern Spain, it was like that, like like around one two o'clock. Everything closed. Yeah, and niggas just went home and took a nap. <laughs> so when she said there's no structure, like I kind of understood it because like these Spanish niggas are here for they a just good do time. whatever. Yeah, they're just here to chill. They don't mm. want no. St- well, I lie, bro. It's crazy how the United States is so workaholic. Yeah, it's you not you honestly, I saw that when I went there. I was like, these these people are so chill. And when I went, it was like when they all go on holiday. So a lot of them weren't even in the office. But I think it's from like July to August that everybody goes on holiday. And it's just like mandatory. It's like a thing. Here, that's like very unheard of. So how was the day when you actually were there and when you actually had to do some work? How was it? You're like, what did you do? I remember I did like a lot of QA work, like quality assurance or I, f- I forget what it was called. But um, they had me like doing like coding in this like, I, I honestly don't even remember like half of it. But I just remember how much I didn't like it or how much I didn't <laughs> enjoy it. So you came back. So I came back. I changed my major, um, and while while I was there, actually, I was introduced to like website design by some Spanish guy. He like gave me his his day in the life of what he does, and he was into UX as well. So that's kind of how I got introduced to it. Um, And then he kind of showed me the ropes of like what UX is, and you know how how it kind of plays into the tech tech industry. Um, So once I once I came back, I looked into you know UX, especially at you know my university. And I changed uh, my major to that, and that's that's how I got here. And then you also so after you graduated, did you just go straight into like f- looking for jobs, or did you like how was that experience? After I graduated college was when the pandemic hit, <laughs> so I was like, damn, that's tight. I need to go figure something else out. So I took like a year off and just trying to figure out like what I was gonna do. And then I knew I liked UX because I, I, that was my minor in, in, in college. And so I wanted like a deeper understanding of it almost, you know, um, especially in my freelance. That's the bulk of what I do um, was user experience. So I wanted like a very deep understanding of it. So I decided to go for a boot camp instead of, you know, opted in for, you know, a grad school or anything like that. So I signed up for a boot camp earlier, th- um, like late in 2020. And I, stick to it, stu- I stuck with it until... This is past January. How like I read that article and I'm not gonna lie to you, I felt completely different from boot camps. <laughs> so how let's let the audience know how was your experience at boot camps? Do you recommend them? Like how do you feel about them? I would say if you're someone who's like who doesn't like the structure of school, but you're also kinda self disciplined, then go for a boot camp. A lot of boot camps, they kind of range between three months and to like a year and a half. So it's not like a huge part of your life. It's not like going to school for like four years or five years. It's very intense just because, you know, you're spending very little amount of time on so much. You have so much to cover. Um, So my program was about 10 months. Um, I finished in like 
I think 12 or 13 months. So it took me like a little bit longer. Um, but overall, the experience was great. You know, my program, you know, they give you a mentor. You get like a career coach. You get a student advisor. So you get a lot of support. And the curriculum is really great. And it's, it's self-paced as well. So you can kind of go at it and still have a life outside of it as well. Um, that's what I liked about it. That's kind of why I chose it as well. Um, but the curriculum is really great. You do your own projects. Um, you have, you know, your own projects that you that you can decide, like, how to go about it. Um, but then you also get that help at the end as well. And do they, like, do they offer, like, interviews afterwards? Or is it, like, do they try to get you into the field? Do they try to give you a job? Yeah, so there's, there's a whole career portion um, for Springboard um, where throughout the course you're doing, like, career type of units to, you know, help you build up so that you're not doing everything at, in the end. Um, so I had to do, they ha- you have to do a behavioral mock interview, um, and that's just them kind of testing if you can sell yourself. Basically, that's the bulk of what, of it, what it is. Um, you also have to do a design challenge. So they give you a random design challenge, and you have to work out the entire UX from beginning to end in, I think, one hour. So you're basically talking for one hour. Um, wow. And it's, it's a lot. It's very challenging. I failed my first time. Um, but it really helps you build up your confidence, especially in the design industry. Um, and then at the end, you also get an industry design project. It's called an IDP. And what they do is they actually match you with a real-life company. And you go through you know, different types of problems or different types of like real-world problems that they have with their business. And it's your job to kind of solve them as well. So they throw you into a lot of different things, but it's really just to make you, you know, better. I don't know. I feel like all boot camps and certification places are scams. Mm. That's just how I feel. <laughs> Wait a minute. Why do you say that? She sounds like she Wait has a minute. experience. <laughs> Honestly, this we're like all schools a scam, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so here's here's the reason why I think it's a scam. The it's like I've been in the industry for like what? I just turned twenty six, so six years now. Mm-hmm. Every job that I've had, they never hire the person who comes out of a boot camp or certification. That's mm-hmm. the last thing that they look for. It's just in my experience. And I've had so many friends that went to boot camps mm-hmm. that came out that are looking for jobs that can't seem to find the, their first job. And I feel like the reason, first, number one, I feel like they're all way too overpriced. I feel like YouTube is a great resource. I'm not going to lie to you. Mm-hmm. Like you can go on YouTube and have like full-blown courses, right? Yep. YouTube, Udemy, all that. Yeah, there, yeah there's yep. so many free resources instead of, like, I know one friend who paid 15000 for a boot camp, and he still ha- does not have a job. 15000 U.S. dollars? 15000 Subhanallah. That's a lot of money. I know a few friends that signed up for a boot camp that was like 10000 When I heard the 15000 oh, yeah, but <laughs> And then these <laughs> niggas came up to me and was like, yeah, we paid 10000 but that boy got hit. I'm like, you got hit. What are you, t- what are you talking about? It's the Spider-Man meme? Yeah. It's the Spider-Man meme? It's just people pointing at each other. They're all the same. and this is this is my experience with tech um and i feel like this is where a lot of companies are going towards i feel like it's going from the idea of like an sme right someone who like knows everything and has a certification on a certain product like an example being just because you have a certification on microsoft doesn't mean Mm -hmm. you you can work with all programs right microsoft like makes certifications to sell their own products the more people that are Microsoft certified, the more customers are going to buy Microsoft products, mm-hmm. right? So it's just it's just a scam in that way, right? The second one being these boot camps don't really care if you get a job or not. I feel like it's just like, oh, give us your money, we'll teach you That's what we teach very you, true. we'll teach you what we can, you'll become a decent coder, mm-hmm. and then good luck. 
But isn't that very similar to like people outside of tech? Like I have a political science and economics degree. Like they don't give a shit if I get a job or not. Mm-hmm. My school is like fifty four thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. All schools, yeah. So I get, so we're gonna go back to all I of this is like, scam. Yeah, it's all mm-hmm. it's all a scam. I feel like it's just how you how you utilize it and how you use it. So I think you're in tech. Did you go to a boot camp? No. Or how did that happen then? Internship. It wasn't even through internships. It was just straight learning. So, like, my thing is... You're self-taught. You're self-taught, just right? And a sense of... Huh. There's people like this that are... Do you know how, That's not... Not everybody no, could just, like, no, learn no, on no, their own, here, though. But, here, but here's the right. thing, though. I've been in the chair of interviewing people, right? Yeah. And I've seen technical interviews, right? Yeah. Where people just shit themselves. I'm not going to lie to you, right? And the majority of the reason is, is boot camps are focused on teaching you material, mm-hmm. Right? Just like school is. School is focused on teaching material. Mm-hmm. What is a variable? What is, you know, what is syntax? Just learning simple shit. Where companies, companies want to hire someone who can do some shit, right? So majority of the thing is companies look for either experience, which is number one, right? Yeah. Or number two is personal projects, mm. right? So like if my little brother right now is trying to be a front-end developer, right? I'm like, yo, like you can go to a boot camp. You can learn how to develop a website. That's cool and all. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, if you don't go to the company with four or five portfolio websites, they're not going to look at you just because you have the certification like, yo, I know how to build a website. Cool. Show us because tech isn't like you can't really sell yourself in tech. You got to show what you did. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. what have you built. Right. I'm not going to let you work on my house if you've never built a house before. Mm-hmm. Right. And luckily for tech is you could actually see what the person built. Yeah. Like you can look at it and be like, OK. So that my thing is, especially if someone's getting into tech, is if if you can obviously if you're not self-taught, if you're going to school right now, don't expect once you graduate jobs are gonna come your way. I would say right now is is whatever field you're trying to get into, if it's back end, front end, whatever, build a project on your own. Like build actually go build websites, freelance. Mm-hmm. Like I actually agree. like go out and build a bunch of websites. Because mm-hmm. when you get in front of that interview and they're like, "Yo, what have you done?" You have something to show for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, tech is a very it's a very experience based. Um, industry so you can't be like oh i have four-year degree hire me they're gonna laugh at you and hit the, hit the door that's it so um i mean the thing about my boot camp that i that i actually liked and this is a huge reason why i chose it is because all of the projects the major projects that you do are put into your portfolio so i had that now i have a portfolio that's very solid that i have projects that i can back up and say this is not only what i learned but i can apply all this as well mm. you know so like hamza said if you're especially if you're going the self-taught route, like you have to really make sure that you come out with a good portfolio so that you can sell yourself because they don't care about your about your education. Yeah. What what boot camp did you do? It's called Springboard. Springboard. Yes. They have front end as well. They have like a bunch of probably back end, yeah. Back end, all that. They have different types of programs. Mm-hmm. So I have a question for the both of you, tech tech people. Um, what what would you say to people, um, who who aren't passionate or interested in technology? or development or whatever it may be but they want to get into tech because of the money or because of like do you, of like the career or whatever it may be or the security of it um do you do you suggest that do you think that's a good idea what do you guys what do you guys think of that because i feel like I, there's a lot of people who get into tech but they don't give a shit about like technology and they're not passionate about it or they're not interested in it at all they're just like yeah i'm decent at this i'll make a shit ton of money I'll do it. Mm. Do you want to answer? Because I'm first thing I say there is no real security in tech, but uh, well, that's a good point actually. That's yeah. a good point, but I would say it it really depends on what area of tech you're going into. Because mm. there's places where I feel like you can just do your job and like leave. 
Um, well, there's other areas of tech, like in the design, the user experience field, where you actually kind of have to care about what you do, especially if you're working, for example, in like accessibility or, you know, you're working with people who have disabilities. Mm. You know, there's aspects of that where you actually have to have empathy and, and care about the users, of course. But um, understand why you're going into tech. You know, tech is, like Hamza said, it's not that secure. I mean, it is secure for now. It's very in demand. Um, but you never know what's going to happen in the future. So really grasp, you know, why you're really interested in tech or why why you want to pursue it other than the financial reasons. Mm. You know, but that's that's what I would say. No, the reason why I said it was not secure is more so like you said, if the person isn't interested mm-hmm. and they learn something, like they spend this much time learning. Like let's just say like you're in the boot camp for a year, like eight months, right? It goes to ten months. You're doing something for at least a year of learning, right? The the problem with tech is is two years after that, that technology you learned nobody cares about anymore. We're on yeah. to the next technology. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you gotta learn that technology. And so you're always trying to keep up regardless of what you're in any portion of tech either if it's if you're infrastructure right you're, you're building designing what the developers are doing right or if you're in a developer you're the tools are always changing so you got to always learn new tools mm-hmm. so if someone hates learning new tools i'm not gonna lie to you like if once you're not gonna like tech yeah like <laughs> your manager's gonna come up to you and say, hey yo we picked up this new application you'll figure it out we gotta we gotta go train everybody else on it because mm-hmm. you gotta be the first one to look into it or there's gonna be an area of just like yo if you want to grow as an individual in tech you gotta you're is either building new software or you're bringing in new software into a company right which means you're learning some new shit and that's the only way you're gonna get higher up your salaries also salaries i feel like are a little bit inflated right now i'm not gonna lie to you they are right yeah it feels like it's a little too inflated right now inflated as in like they're paying more than they usually do to people yeah because i feel like a lot of way more yeah because a lot of it's in demand yeah it is in demand it's the fact that they're i don't think it's sustainable though I don't know. I feel like eventually they're gonna run out of money or something. I don't know. Do, do I was looking at Amazon, and we're looking at how many like, you know, how you could tell like how many positions are available mm-hmm. when you're like on careers. We're like, yo, program managers like two thousand, and it was like HR specialists. It was like two hundred and fifty people. Like, and we're like, damn, that's crazy. Yo, check how many software engineers there. Were. They had twenty nine thousand open positions for software engineers. That's ridiculous, and they're all paying like a hundred k plus. Most likely. And the, I feel like the reason they're paying a lot for software engineers right now is because of automation. And I f- honestly feel like the first people to get automated out is going to be tech people. That, yeah, that's literally what I was going to ask. So I was going to ask, like, if you're doing automation, first of all, explain what automation is. Um, I hang around this guy a lot, so I kind <laughs> of understand this tech stuff. I, yeah, I'm hella into automation. I work with automation. Automation is basically doing basically having the computer do your work for you yeah so if you're sitting there and you're making automation for this giant company Mm. don't want you like if as long as like you're just static and you don't have upward mobility you just stay where you are won't you just get like no pun intended automated out yeah the how the the thing is right now it's pretty hard to automate code right or at least coding but it's starting to get to a point where there's something called machine learning right mm-hmm. and it's the concept of like the computer is going to be thinking and writing for you mm-hmm. they already have like applications that like github just released that one th- i don't know if you heard of it is it's completing your sentence for you so like as you're writing the code it's it's like yo do you mean this and it's like oh shit yeah i actually didn't mean that you know eventually it's going to get to a point where writing code is just going to be straight up english i want it to look like this and it's going to build it out for you that way mm-hmm. 
So if niggas is going to being developers, that's where that's headed. The same thing for infrastructure. I know I work in infrastructure. So I remember like my my dad and them, like he had a bunch of buddies that were desktop and help desk, right? People would actually go help in people's computers and stuff. People are like, yo, that's gonna be really hard to like automate. How could you automate someone calling in saying I need my password reset, right? Now there's chatbots. Mm-hmm. Right? So like the employee doesn't have to call anybody anymore. They just write to a chatbot saying, Hey, my password is not working. The chatbot's like, What's your username? Okay, here, your password has been reset. Here's your password. That that used to be a person's entire job. Mm-hmm. And that person was in tech and they're already automated out. So I don't know. Oh. There, I don't think there's true security in tech. I just mm-hmm. feel like a lot of people are in it. Like if you wanted to get the bag, get the bag and then just, you know, say get into something else. Yeah. yeah. So on some Black Mirror stuff for, for Maria, another question. Um, the, the UX aspect of it, right, where you kind of explained is like kind of research user's experience Mm -hmm. is that done mostly by humans and eventually could that be done by computers where a computer would just like look at a certain demographic that this application is being made for and just automate look at me speaking tech Uh, language you're killing me (laughs) boy Uh, um but yeah (laughs) i was like i'm proud proud right now but (laughs) but just automate like uh like that job or where does that where does that line happen where you need a human to do this? I feel like it's I feel like it would be hard for us to get automated out. Mm. And I think that's because doing this work you you have to be human for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. You have to understand the person's at uh, the end user's experience, you know? And I don't think that's something that a computer can necessarily do. Maybe like, you know, years on end, you know, when technology is like way way bigger than us, but yeah. um you know, like I said, you really have to understand the user. You have to go through certain process, like design processes that like force you to think very critically. Um, and that's the bulk of like what user experience is. That's why it's called like user experience. You know, so I don't know. I don't think we're going to be automated out anytime soon. I think the UI aspect is a different story since that's more of interface. Mm-hmm. And that's a little bit more. You can manipulate it more. But the experience side, I feel like it's it's a lot more people. How do you feel about friendly. business intelligence? Then? Business yeah. what? Business what? Business intelligence. What's that? <laughs> oh, business intelligence is crazy, bro. So, like, there's entire departments for, for what she's saying. Do you know she's, like, someone has to look for what humans like, and, like, they got to, like, um. make sure the person is into, like, if a lot of people are into this, like, they got to look at the charts and stuff. There's already algorithms that are, like, looking at where people's, like, click. It's like, oh, this person, whenever, like, this mm-hmm. website looks like this, they click here more. And it's just like, okay, just make sure the button's here. Or a yeah. lot of people, um, like Amazon, for example, their front page for the recommended, nobody decides what's recommended, right? So it's a bunch of people like us go on Amazon, Ten, let's just say 10 people. We all, for some reason, want to buy soap, right? Mm-hmm. It sees all 10 of us went and searched on soap. So it's going to start recommending soap. Mm-hmm. And because they're going to assume, okay, if somebody gets on Amazon, they want soap. So I don't know, man. Tech is really interesting. That's, I love tech. That's what like usability people do, too. When they're cool. listing at the very end. They'll look at like the website's hotspots, mm-hmm. like where exactly the the user clicks the most, and then they they build that or they like kind of manipulate it into a way where you're f- kind of forced to click that more. Um, so it's 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 a little bit of that too. Oh, so y'all the folks that be making them cool buttons that I just want to touch. Y'all would be on a website and yep. they have a button. You like I gotta That's touch that. Yep. Yep. I don't know where it. <laughs> I don't know where this shit goes, but I'm gonna click it and then you click it yep. and go somewhere else. And you like this shit is fine, bro. A solid <laughs> website. <laughs> <laughs> the way you got excited with this, when oh I got a solid website, bro, will make you buy anything, bro. 
that's, you go that's the, the goal. At the end of the day, that's yeah, the goal. Yeah, you they go on the website. They just want you to stay there. And like a nice graphic pops up. The logo is there. And then you scroll up and it like snaps up. And then the, there's like a Simple nice catalog. And, yeah. and you're like, I'm definitely buying <laughs> some shit. You know, like 75% of our judgment on a website's credibility, it's just based on purely aesthetics. Wow. So you base, and that's how we work as humans. Like when we see somebody, we judge them based off the what their looks yeah right? so it's the same psychology it's the same thing with web, web, web websites as well wow i did not know that how do, you, how do you feel about um let's just start off with the broader thing of just women in tech and then i feel like we can go to black muslim women in tech mm. how do i feel about it yeah like i'm trying to recruit people i've been trying <laughs> to <recruit. laughs> yeah. i've been trying to recruit women in tech or just people in tech honestly in general um in the design industry especially because I know a lot of people who are like in the arts, in the creatives, you know, mm-hmm. we have photographers, we have painters, we have artists, musicians and all that, but they don't believe that their skills are transferable or that whatever the skills they possess right now is going to transfer into tech. And I'm like, tech is very, you know, broad. You can do so much with it, you know? So I've been trying to recruit people. So if you want to get into tech. What do you think is the biggest know. blocker or like stops? I think women. really, like, like, like I said before, I think a lot of people, you know, they go through this process of like, they don't know what to do with their life or mm. they're, you know, I've been there, obviously. I feel like a lot of us have been there, but I think a lot of us do know or do have an idea of what, what we want to do with our lives or what path we want to take, but we're just too scared to, you know, actually do it mm. or we, we limit our own potential or we minimize that and we don't go after what we truly want. And I feel like, you know, some people, they either, you know, fall into that or they just just to come to whatever you know their parents say or whatever so i think a lot of it has to do with just that fear of you know not not taking that risk or not taking that leap yeah yeah if 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 what you said is true about like you know 75 percent of of our as human beings our like decision making is aesthetics and how you know you you a you a or ux ux (laughs) (laughs) ux is kind of about that I don't know, man. So my, so my women, they they got it down with the aesthetics, man. They That's know, what I'm saying. They know what they know what they're doing with that. So mm-hmm. I, they would thrive. I, it should be it should be transferable, honestly. Yeah. Hundred yeah. percent. Do you feel like we have a? Do you think there's a community now, or do you think there could be one that's built that's just more so like black Muslim Somali women that like have connections where they can be like, yo, if I want to get into UX UI. Uh, there's a discord channel or there's like a slack or somewhere where i can hit up people mm-hmm. i feel like we all have our own things like going on you know mm-hmm. like i do a lot of design stuff another person might be like a visual artist we do our own things but i feel like nobody's connected or we don't have like a, a place that we can connect because i've met ux designers who are somali who are women but they live in like london you mm-hmm. know so i don't have like a way to connect with them other than you know like twitter or you know or any other app you, you can make that community so I feel like we need that community because there's so many people out there who are very like-minded who do probably the same thing that you guys do, you know, but you're just not connected. There's not that connection there. And mentorship, I think, is the biggest thing. Do you think that's just specific only to tech or um, do you feel like there is like a hunger right now for for connectivity in in a lot of different industries? Mm -hmm. No, I believe that that it applies to everything. Anything that you do, I think if you find a community you'll thrive in that. So not just in tech, you know, but in literally any industry or any field that you go into, finding like a safe community is always like something that, you know, would be really great. Yeah. You know. How could, th- like, how could that community even start, right? Like just, 
Someone just has to start. Honestly, well, that's all it is. <laughs> Someone just not, has to do it. Yeah. Nothing. Do you nothing think? Do you think people? Is it just more so people can't like don't know how to do it right now, or is it again? I'm being quite frankly honest. Like, do you feel like people who've made it right that do have those connections and stuff just mm-hmm. don't want to make those connections or don't want to take the time to sit down and have these conversations and mentor mm-hmm. people? Well, let me, our com- let me about ask our you, why haven't you started a community like that? Or what's mm. what's stopping you mm. from doing that? I'm be honest with the you. <laughs> the first the first reason is me not feeling like I know what the fuck I'm talking about, yeah. right? Which is cap. Just, then, no, I'm be honest with you. Well, like, yo, like I I honestly yeah. feel like I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Majority of the time, that's how about. everybody feels though. That's how everybody feels. Yeah, and I impo- feel like that ninety nine percent of the time. Imposter syndrome in tech, I'm not gonna lie to you, is one of the biggest things ever. Because mm-hmm. okay. I. And this is crazy, like, the more, like, I had to, like, I'm a cloud engineer, right? When I was working help desk, and it was just like, yo, like, yo, reset this person's phone, the people I was sitting with, the conversations they were having was just so high level, right? Yeah. And then I didn't know what the fuck they were talking about. Yeah. And it was just, like, niggas with suits, like, yo, this is how you reset your phone. Anyways, yo, like, the network. And I'm like, damn, like, yo, like, we don't even do that, you know? But now that I'm, like, sitting with people that, like, have been there and done that, well, I, the, the first thing they say is, yo, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. But let's start this meeting, guys. And then the ending of the meeting is, and these people making way more than me. It's like, let's pray to God this works. Yeah. <laughs> Press that button. That's and I'm like, is. damn. So like, the more honestly, like, the more someone starts to learn, the more they realize, like, yo, I really don't know shit. And I'm at that mm. point where I'm be honest with you. Somebody asked me a question. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> but think about how much more you would know if you had like a community of people. A huge community. Mm-hmm. I think there, and you already know so much. Is there like a giant, as I'm asking y'all to, but is there just a giant, I feel like there should just be a giant like Discord or a giant group chat of just every Somali person who's in tech. I, we have, well, I had to like, or like a platform or something. I feel like that would be like inspirational. Like, that would change so much. Like imagine oh, if yeah. everybody, every Somali person who's in tech knows every other Somali person who's in tech. First Bro, of all, it goes back to that Farah thing too. But yeah. Go ahead. But go ahead. I feel like, first of all, I feel like half of them would all just connect with each other mm-hmm. and find something that they're they're all passionate about. Mm-hmm. And then maybe like 20 companies would just pop out of that. Just startups. If you took every single Somali person who's in tech and just put them in a, in a I don't know how many people you could put on. in Discord. <laughs> Start it. Or you'd like do a conference. Yeah. Do a conference where you're like, Bro, here's make the it reason. accessible. Make I it yo, accessible. Make mm-hmm. it free. Do a free conference. Yeah, and then just bring everybody who's in tech or wants to be in tech. I'm surprised that hasn't happened yet. And just this, do it. This like is all the reason why it hasn't happened. All it takes is a room, chairs, Bro, tables, and mics. This is why, why it's why happened. Hasn't and it I think we're talking to. Fi- oh, damn, I don't think this. Is, the mics might have been off. We're talking to someone else. Um, we're talking about the fact of like, yo, the people who want to do those kind of things are the people who've never done it, right? So mm-hmm. it's like, it's this weird thing of like That's y- everybody though. No, 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 no. The guy who wanted to make a gun never made a gun. But it, no, no, until no. he did it. Do no, no, no. to fly? I'm not, I'm not, no, no, I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm oh. saying in a sense of like cap. So like it's like oh. yo, somebody who has never worked in the field, right? That wants flowers, that wants clout, and that wants to be that oh. yo. Let me go ahead and get all these people to come together so I can feel good about myself, right? Mm-hmm. That's and, true. And it's just that happens with a lot of things. Where it's just like yo, people don't got nothing going on, yeah. so it's like yo, let me just go ahead and make a nonprofit so I can quote unquote help these people, but so I can have recognition for it. Right? Then mm. you vet it. I mean, you could vet it. You could look I at people and just have simple conversations. Like, I feel like the both of you are, like, well-versed enough, at least in tech, where you know if somebody's capping or not. Right? This nigga's a liar. 
So I mean, just kind of a little bit vet it, vet, <laughs> a little it, bit. vet it in the aspect, vet it in the aspect of like who organizes it, but don't vet in the aspect of who can attend it. Because even the guys who are capping, if they attend it and they see like hundreds of thousands of people, yeah, that would maybe inspire them to stop the cap and just <laughs> go like actually learn this and shit. When they, and yeah, if they mm. open their mouth, it. and then imagine uh, if you invite right, like ten thousand kids who are like I remotely maybe feel like I might want to do tech mm-hmm. and then they can you know like little somali girls can talk to her and be like maybe I will, guys somali he's men joining the team <laughs> like he got so many good yeah, ideas yeah. Yeah. but you know what he could be i'm not gonna lie to yeah. you an amazing it scrum master or program manager no i'm not i i wouldn't be but good you know, at it. You know, <laughs> look though look, look you don't have to be good at it connecting you could always the, build your skill set and then connecting people is like an avenue in tech that like live companies are hungry for that right? i'm mm-hmm. good for connecting people I can do that. That's a skill in, in and of itself. Yeah. You know? But let's do it. Let's make it the Goat's Talk Tech Day or something. Look at this guy. <laughs> yeah. You going to join? You going to start one? Apple's going to be at the door. Yep. Give it like five years. 100%. Apple's like, please let us into your conference. <laughs> Apple. You? Apple's like, Apple's <laughs> <laughs> we need the Somalis. <laughs> uh, no, so, Walai, yeah. we have a community here that's so huge too. So much potential. And I think, Walai, the reason why, I, again, the imposter syndrome of like, Tech is so. You could do a tour. No, but I mean, like, tech is so. Tech is so broad. Go to fucking New Zealand, (laughs) and there's somebody there. (laughs) The I don't. The other reason is like tech is so broad, Mm -hmm. where it'll be, and that's an amazing concept. But like, there's so many different avenues. Allah, it's the future too. Like, why don't we do it? Someone needs to start. Hmm? I said someone needs to start. Yeah. Why do you keep saying someone? Because I don't want it to be me. You don't want to start. No, I'll be, be a part of it, but I'm not gonna be the one. Your name got to be on there, though. Uh, oh, that's a, that's another thing I wanted to talk about. Okay. Like, I feel like some people are so like everybody's good at something, and the people that are really good at organizing and like putting events together and like being in leadership positions, they're all just shitty people. <laughs> that's why we don't have things like this tech thing, mm. and that's why we don't have like like you guys like we're talking about like people that are cappers, whatever it may be. Well, I like for the most part. Think about politics. All the people that we have in politics, almost all of them, we're talking about this with Zainab too, yeah. are just shitty individuals, mm-hmm. just like terrible people. But they have the capacity and the talent for like bringing people together. They're just using it for bad stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we need more. Bro, I'm not gonna lie to you. Like, do you know how like there's that stigma of like Asian people in tech, right? Yeah. Somali people in Minneapolis. By the way. Asians have the best like stigmas. Right? <laughs> they have the best like people think all Asians are smart. <laughs> think about how great of a stereotype. That's what I'm is. saying. Like, there's a stigma of like there's a lot of Asians in tech. That's there's a stigma. Like, think about our people. There's a stigma. There's a lot of pirate Somalis. That's, like, that's what I'm saying. Stigma. We're known as pirates. They're known as technicians. <laughs> like, what the fuck? They're just telling So, like, but look though, well, I like something like this can't really change that, right? Oh yeah. And the idea of like, yo. Mm-hmm. The community can just... I'm not going to lie. Why? There are so many so smart Somali people. I feel like we're just outshadowed by the noise. And I, that's a lot of communities too, though. Yeah. And, you know, politics and stuff with but Minneapolis. Like it, I feel like Somali people, in, in a way, enjoy chaos. Enjoy bulky balayo. So but didn't she just say she loves the Somali weddings oh, because too. of the chaos? Oh, yeah. But I for like the it. right reasons. It's not, a, not, for <laughs> the crazy, not for the crazy reasons. Well, I like the chaos. But the chaos, yeah, the chaos is—it's like a peaceful chaos. I don't know how to explain it. Like I just love being around Somali people. Yeah. The buzz. The buzz around being around—I love being around busy Somali people. Yes. It's comedy, Mm. hilarious. Oh, especially at restaurants. Oh my goodness. (laughs) 
Well, I'm all the questions, man. This was fun. I had a great time. I had an amazing time, too. I want to just jump into tech now. That's how I feel. We recruited she, him. She we, got him. She, we got him. She, we got him. She inspired me. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Yeah. I'm going to have like five recruiters in my emails. <laughs> Hi, Mohammed. We watched your episode. <laughs> <laughs> we feel like you'd be a great, like you'd be a good fit here. I'd be like, no. Leave me alone. I'd be like, how much you paying? That's the first thing I'm asking. No, I'm, you're going to be the first first tech dude that won a Grammy. Ooh. That'd be fire. Yeah. We need to see that. Bro, this do man, a Grammy and Oscars. I want, well, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, we had this conversation. I feel like we never really, like, did we talk about it on the podcast? Why you said, yo, I'm going to bring the bring it back to Najib's? Oh, yeah. I want to do that. That's fun. If I ever win an Oscar, I want to just bring it to Najib's and put it next to all the other trophies. That's It'll probably so get stolen. It'll probably get stolen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you might have to lock that up. Yeah. we Because, like, yeah. I know, like, 16-year-old me would definitely steal it. <laughs> I'm like, is that a fucking Oscar? Hell, <laughs> 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 no. Nah, this shit is not staying here. I'd go home. I'd be on Instagram like, boot gang, nigga. <laughs> With a mask on and everything. Yeah, with a mask. I want to know damn mask. You think 60-year-old is wearing a mask to steal stuff? No. No, like, decision-making process. Nothing. I'm just going to take it and just be like, ah. Bro, I just, I don't know, that that idea and concept of bringing the win back to the community, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that whole idea. I don't know. I but feel like we conform, the bro. The win, but, like. That's what's a win. More, what do you mean? It is a win, yes. But what's more important is bringing back resources. Like, what yes. the fuck is a trophy? A trophy is like, it, in a way, it's inspirational, and they'll look at it and they'll be like, "Oh, look, I know that guy, and I kind of grew up with him." Mm-hmm. And yeah, you being there, yeah, yeah, I can be like him. But I feel like that's that's skewed, and that's something that's pushed a lot in our community mm. of like, "Look at me, I'm an inspiration, and that's all I need to do." But I'm like, not doing anything. But I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm not gonna yeah. do anything else. Yeah. I'm true. like a believer, a deep believer in the practicality of things. Of like, okay. Like I like for example, I hate when you guys you guys don't do it obviously, but there's a lot of people gatekeeping tech, and the both of you guys know as well. And like you'll ask them for example, like okay, how can I get into tech? And then they'll give you like the most vague answer. Or you ask them for their salary. Yeah, and they'll give you the most vague answer. Or they just won't tell you. Or they won't tell you. Or like like me, I'll be like, how can I get into filmmaking? And they will give me the most vague answer ever. Mm. You know, just work hard, wake up every day. Deep believer of like, if I ever achieve anything bringing back like damn near direct paths do yeah. this then you do this then you do that and then i promise you if you do all these things and you work hard then you should be able to get here mm-hmm. where i'm at that is more important to me than like so and also you right that your trophy is there in the jeeves as well mm-hmm. but you also eating from there every single day right oh, yeah. like and just and keeping that that connection to where you said where that kid can come up to you yeah. and be like yo cuz i I'm working on this script. Anybody want to go saw? You know what yeah. I mean? Or like you could yeah. be like, I am so freezer. You know, like yeah. that whole. Yeah. I'm that kid right now, though. So, yeah. so maybe like but in five you, years, yeah. But, no, right, but you I'm right now, I'm, I'm that from. guy running around with read this, read this, <laughs> help me. Like, how did you do this? How did you do that? So, like, you appreciate it because you're in the process of it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, but I feel like I'm also coming from a place for where, inshallah, that when I do get there, like, I'll, of course, like, I'll be able to, like, Help out as much as I can, and I'm yeah. I'm gonna rep the Jeebs forever, like till I die. Like this is like the fourth episode that we're talking about. <laughs> they might as well sponsor. Every that. episode, I'm like, the at Jeebs. this point, get a sponsorship. Yeah, at I'm this like, point, you yeah. have to eat there. Everybody that asks me like, yo, where should I go? I send them to the Jeebs. So Jeebs. big shout out to them. That's that's my people. Them, but yeah. Do you have now? You have a lot of things. Did we talk about your blog on this one, or was it the one that was erased? I think we talked about it. Right? We did. We talked yeah. about it. Look at that camera. We kind of. Oh did. wait, the one year thing. What happened? I was the last 
Oh, that was the last one? We most definitely talk about the blog on here. Yeah, we talked about the blog. Okay, because, so, we'll we'll recap. We talked about the feelings. There you go. Talked about our feelings. And then we talked about mental health, and then you asked all of us, how do you kind of cope with these things? It was so smooth that it seemed like it was the first one. Yeah, it's ki- it gets mixed up because there was two of them. Yeah, but we're we're good now. We're the back one year there. thing. So she already it's knows about this though. We don't oh, have to get you here. What's the one year thing? You don't know, remember how we would? Did ask? we ask that? Oh, we didn't ask Demo. Oh, we did we ask Demo. Oh my god, we're we gonna asked have Demo. We're gonna have Demo back. Um, remember oh. when we when we had Demo? We said, well, like we hope with um, like in a year we'll be in a better place as a podcast, yeah. and we're gonna ask all of our um guests like, where will you be in a year, and what do you expect to do? whatever and then he said he was gonna be in jail <laughs> and that's that first of all guys i'm gonna do some time <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. i was like i was like huh <laughs> think you go to jail no he said it so casually yeah like, like it was just like i'm just going to the jeeps tomorrow yeah, exactly so. but <laughs> that shit was wild yeah. he said nothing crazy our faces to this like i can rewatch and look at our and faces this guy tried to be like as calm as possible he's like well, bro, good luck with that one. <laughs> I, I hope the best for you. Uh, <laughs> what, what am I supposed to I'm do? Glad, I'm glad my out there. This is the thing, though. This he said it. Me. Look, look, look. I he like said it. That's, look, that's it. Literally what he did. Demo said I'm going to jail. I look at this man for confirmation. No words coming out of this shit. I got to continue the conversation. Fuck am I supposed to say? No, because Damn, I look like him, too. He yeah. Oh, you looked at him, too? I was like, what do you mean by that? <laughs> she said, elaborate. Well, I hope, I and hope then he elaborated. Well. I was like, okay, thank you for that. Uh, yeah, I, I don't even know what to say. Well, I've never been in a situation where a nigga just threw that out at me. That was that was a f- next time I'm gonna be prepared if somebody throws that at me. You know, the Demo podcast to to do some reflection. I think for the three of us gave us a lot of growth, and and it was it was good. <laughs> it was it was important. Why you gotta say it like that? It was a no, lot. Of I'm not glad I have fun. I grew a lot <laughs> after that experience. No, I feel like I stopped being worried about guests. Like, yeah. After that, Shout everybody out else was smooth. Dingo was a great first guest. Yeah. He was yeah. a wonderful first guest. Yeah. He very much was. But, so in a year's time, mm-hmm. inshallah, 2023, March 16th, 17th? What About. Today? The 16th? Yeah, yeah. Yesterday was the Ides of March. Do you guys know what that is? The March. What? The, who? the Ides of March, March 15th. What's it was that? the day Julius Caesar got killed by his Senate. They stabbed him outside. They caught him lacking. It's it like wild. The Caesar salad guy? You said what? <laughs> is that is that Julius Caesar? Yeah, Julius Caesar. He got killed by the... So like, nah, say what you said again. <laughs> said but I'm not going to let you slide for that, bro. I'm not going to let you slide She said the Caesar salad guy? Yeah. Is that not him, though? Or is that I don't even know. If did it's they lie named, to us in school? I don't know if it's named after oh. him, but Julius... Caesar salad Julius guy. Augustus Caesar, the guy that added two months to the year. July and August. Wow, Did you guys hear that? <laughs> to the calendar, he added two months. July and August. His name is Julius Augustus Caesar. Oh, I've never thought of that. Because what is okay? What what month is October? The tenth month, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But oct is what? Eight. Eight. What is December? The twelfth month, right? But what is dec or deca? Is it nine? That's ten. Ten. Oh. So originally <gasps> there was ten. Wow. More. And then dude was like, "Nah, we are gonna add two of them Johns." But he was going on rampage, though. He's, he's crazy. He's a crazy guy. And then he got smoked by his own Senate. <laughs> I was like, just walking. I was like, I stabbed. <laughs> Senators stabbing people back in the day. Well, like, back then was wild, fam. Anything was possible. Anything was possible. <laughs> but I like how everyone thinks that they would have been like real. They would have been rich as hell. They would be slaves. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Everybody thinks, oh, lie back in the day, I would have been king. Like, ah, nigga, you would have been. You would have been in the field. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like. 
teachers used to ask me that. They're like, what would you do if you were the 1500s? I used to be like, what you think I'm gonna be doing? I used to be, I hated that shit. They were like, write a project about you in. 1492 when the Columbus came <laughs> to America. Boy. I'd be like, girl, I would have been. <laughs> I would have been running from the niggas. Get out of here, boy. I was Somalian then, though. I think you would be. Like, we were Somali, though. Well, like, y'all two is like, kind of light skinned. Y'all be in the house. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Who's light skinned? You, you light skinned. I'm not light skinned. It's, it's winter, that's why. Catch me in July, though. There's a brown paper bag right there. We can do the test right now. The both of y'all are lighter than I'm not light skin. Bro, just because you went to San Diego and got a little kissed by the sun. <laughs> right. Look at that. I'm, he I'm, was already dark chocolate. He came back, you know, charcoal. I'm Addy in life. the backpack. What's my nigga Bernie Mac? I'm <laughs> sleeping while I work. <laughs> That's what he says. I'm dark. He said, I'm so dark. If I was a slave, I'd be sleeping while I work. That's where I would be. But how do Dude, we, we got so off topic. How do we get to this? Not Bernie Mac. Oh, like. March fifteenth, Julius Caesar, Julius Caesar. Back in the day, back in the day, slaves. March six, March sixteenth, twenty twenty three. Where do I want to be? Where would do you want to be? What do I want to be doing? Yeah. I, well, for the UX side, I I want to be like a pioneer in my industry. If there's anything in in this industry that I want to be, it's as much of an expert as as I can get. So I want to be. You know, I want to be mentoring people. I want to be, you know, very much solid in my in my place. Um, I also want to work in ex- accessibility if, you know, if I can or if, if I break into it or if I find a way. Um, but mainly I want to I want to be some sort of like in a mentorship position because I wish I would have had that like a few years ago um, where I could have showed people the ropes or showed the youngsters the ropes and just really recruit people into tech or into design or whatever they want to do. But uh, for sure, solid in, in the UX field. But um, as far as freelance, I want to continue it as, you know, as time goes on and as the year goes on, um, hopefully up my prices. Hell yeah. Yeah. And, you know, just keep continuing what I'm doing, but also just like elevating as well. Inshallah. Inshallah. So the reason we ask is because in a year, we love to have you back inshallah. and have inshallah and have those conversations on how that went. Yes. And if you're mentoring people or if you're still, you know what I'm saying? I like in the that. Mud and, we go, and then if you're still in the mud, we're going to blame the people, the lack of mentorship. Yeah. Easy 100%. one. We, now we got an excuse. Yeah. 100%. I'm be like, guys, they automated me out. <laughs> they automated me <laughs> Sorry. out. <laughs> I could have learned fast enough. They yeah. got me. Yeah, kicked her out. But I got booted. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure. There you guys have it. That's a wrap. It's the end of the show. Peace. You're supposed to clap.